Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What are you going to say now? Oh, boy. That's that's the kind of worms you don't want to open up there, Mr. Correa. Eric, uh, <laughs> AJ Knight, AJ Salves here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 106.9 The Fan. Uh, grateful to have you guys joining us, however and where you're doing so. Um, you know, it's it's really it's interesting. So, it's so annoying for Korea to, to say that because, like, I get it. The Us Against the World mentality is like a really popular adage to try and fuel mo, uh, momentum and all that with play. But you guys cheated. Like, People have legitimate reason not to like you. Joe Kelly, in my opinion, still a hero. Yeah, no kidding. I still am so proud of Joe Kelly, and I don't care what you know Astro fans say. I just, I mean, how do you how do you get up on that stool and say, I know a lot of people are mad at us. So I know a lot of people don't want us to see us here. But what are you going to say now? Well, same thing we've been saying for the past sixty games, buddy. You guys cheated, and the stats prove that you cheated. So don't give me that. That's just. It, it, that is why we hate yeah. the Astros. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what's your defense against that? I mean, they basically, for the most part, didn't say anything, and now they got this, like, oh, I can't believe they hate it. Like, your World Series is not legitimized. Your success is not legitimized. It's delegitimized. It's it's fr- it's annoying. I mean, that's <laughs> what, I hope they lose. I really – I hope they get crushed. I hope they get swept. Well, Darn you, Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to say, instead they uh, they got the curse. I don't know. What what curse would you put on the Twins now? This is 18 straight games. There's got to be a curse name now at this point. Longest postseason losing streak right yeah, now they, in U.S. sports. Yeah, they got a they got a curse of the, 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 the Billy Goat curse, the curse of the Bambino. There's got to be something, right? There's got to I mean, be the, something. Stretch this long. Somebody had to have done something. The, the Twinkie curse. <laughs> David Ortiz. Okay, so David Ortiz used to play for the Twins, but he was so bad that they traded him to the uh, Salt Lake Buzz. So he played for the Buzz for a little bit. Uh, not trade him to the Buzz, excuse me, but he was traded. Ended up uh, one way or another uh, because the Buzz were the AAA farm team to the Twins, but he was traded to Boston, if I'm not mistaken. And then, as we all saw, what he did in Boston is pretty historic, so... Do we call it the Big yeah. Poppy Tweez? Uh, not Big Poppy uh, Curse. Something we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to dig back in their history and see if there's something pop culture or in Minnesota history that you can tie to it. Because I mean, it, it was well documented for the honorable mention of the stat that blew your mind to start the the full court press today. I mean, it, it's a curse at this point. It has to be. <laughs> Hey, speaking of what went wrong, we're going to have our What Went Wrong for the Week segment. It's going to be every Wednesday where uh, we will pick out a a game, a player, uh, a moment in a game where it went wrong. And there is a lot of options to choose from. I'm going to be very clear on that. And so AJ and I will have a What Went Wrong pick for the week. What is your What Went Wrong? Is it the Minnesota Twins? Um, Is it the... Uh, Boston Celtics? Is it the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to choose from here. There's a lot of players to choose from as well if you want to really single out a guy. You know, there were murmurs on Twitter that uh, people are saying that Brad Stevens should be on the hot seat. You think his seat's getting warm? Uh, you know what? A lot of people, I'd say 99% of the people are going to say no. I'd say yes. 
Like he's had the talent, and, you and know, you know, I, but you know, granted, yeah. AJ Gordon Hayward isn't right. Like he has not been healthy since the leg injury, the gruesome leg injury. He's not going to be the healthy. The, yeah. uh, the he's not going to be that same Gordon Hayward the rest of his career. That's 128 million you spent on this guy. He still got 31 million. You got to owe him. I mean, it's and so you've got that problem, but yet you have Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. You have this Thais kid. I say even his Cantor's an okay backup. Not great, not good, but okay. Uh, and you still can't find a way to be a lesser talented Heat squad. Yeah, I think I would agree that he ought to start feeling some pressure, though. I'm with you on Hayward. Uh, also, you know, you, you can't I, – I don't think it's Brad Stevens' fault that Kimba Walker, I think, showed that he's not a superstar. He's he's just a really good player. And frankly, I think – and I, I think I've written before this uh, about this before and shared it on the fan. I think Danny Ainge also deserves criticism because how many times have the Celtics – been in position to go get a superstar they've always had the assets you know your Kawhi's your Paul George's your your uh, Anthony Davis's and because from all I've read is that he will not make a trade unless he feels like he absolutely wins it they've decided not to pull the trigger I realize you want to build long-term success but I'll tell you what I'm pretty sure most fans will trade one championship season for five seasons of being in the Eastern Conference Finals. oh amen amen absolutely agree with you there Hey, if you guys want to participate in our show and text AJ or myself, you can do so by texting into 435-339-0321. And we always love hearing from you. So, again, 435-339-0321. Text in. We'd love to hear what you're, what went wrong. Pick of the week. It can be of a game, a player, a, a moment. Whatever you want to pick, it's yours. Uh, we are still waiting for the Mountain West Conference football schedule. I thought it would be released today. It's not yet. We're still waiting. And so maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. But also some bad news on the front for Mountain West Conference football, at least in the state of Hawaii, where, AJ, they've now had a positive test in Hawaii. Uh, in fact, Rob DeMello has reported multiple sources confirm that the University of Hawaii's football team, fifth practice this morning, was stopped early and the program has temporarily suspended all football activities following positive COVID-19 tests. Uh, it is unsure how many there are uh, and is how unsure how long they're going to have to stop. But this is, I mean, the season's supposed to start in three weeks and you already have to stop football. Uh, not good for the Mountain West Conference or the team that they're scheduled to play, whoever that is. You know, I think that was the challenge for the Mountain West specifically because I, I don't, has Hawaii loosened its restrictions? Because I know they already had a mandated quarantine for anyone coming in and with the travel, I mean, Hawaii presents such a travel issue to begin with because it's four hours flight out from, uh, from LAX. I, I, I hope that it gets sorted out. It seems like thus far in the college football season, teams have been able to manage it pretty well, but i Hawaii presents a whole other set of, I think, geographical challenges. And it, I don't know, I'm not super optimistic about their chances this year. And the Mount West Conference uh, Commissioner Craig Thompson has told Stadium, and this is according to Jeff Goodman, that the league intends to play for its conference basketball 18 conference games and 11 teams starting league play in the last week of December. So if you're looking at last year's schedule format, that would be December 29th and January 2nd for the first full week of conference play, assuming that they play two games uh per week, which is what I imagine they do. We don't know what that conference basketball schedule will look like. Of course, they're still working on the non-conference portion, I'm, I imagine, because they had games scheduled. Now they have games removed. Uh, with the season starting on the 25th, what does that do to their schedule? 
there's still a lot of questions to be answered. AJ, that's the thing is, even in basketball, there is still a ton of questions to be answered, especially on the scheduling side. Yeah, and... Uh... It's it's going to be tough because you know at the same you know it's the same issue that's a positive as a negative because obviously you have less people to keep track of for a basketball team than you do for a football team but also you know two positive tests all of a sudden a big part of your rotation is is out I I think basketball will be easier to manage I'd like to say I, I know that uh, the professional sports have some advantages over the the college ones but the the I mean. Uh, hockey and bas- and NBA both managed to not have a single positive test in their bubble, and I don't I don't know that college basketball is going to a bubble. I know they flirted with the idea, but that that gives me hope that they'll be able to figure something out because they were able to manage so many people for those professional sports and, and get through it unscathed. I, I would like to think basketball, college athletics, can do the same, especially for basketball. Yeah, that's the question. If they can remain unscathed, and I know that the, there's a bubble conversation going on for basketball, uh, but there's also the question of uh, you know, can they play within their home arenas and how many fans can they allow? Uh, to play BYU at the Marriott Center one year, Vivint Smart Home Arena the next year, we deserve to have them with some fans this year. Again, that's going to be up to state, local health departments, especially government officials, how many fans they are allowed to, uh, if they can obey rules and do the things that they're asked to do. Speaking of the fans, then uh, we might be allowed at least a decent attendance for if we do get BYU at home, that'd be a great non-conference game. Uh, I think at Weber State would be an okay non-conference game, though I'd really like St. Mary's. Uh, so there's still a lot of questions in that regard, and we'll wait to hear. On the uh, baseball side of things, uh, we had a shocker today. In the air, right field, well struck. Going back is Hayward. Gone! Aguilar with the home run. He goes the opposite way. Jeffress frustrated with the wind. And it's now 5-1. That's the uh, the Marlins. Aguilar with a two-run shot to make it 5-1. That's your final score as well. Uh, Marlins shock the Cubs in game one. And as I mentioned in the bottom of the first hour, the last time the Marlins played the Cubs in the playoffs at Wrigley Field, was the very forgettable for Cubs fans, unforgettable for baseball lore with the Steve Bartman series, where in Game 6, the Cubs fell apart. Steve Bartman reached for a ball. Moise Salou was interfered with. That was with two outs. Uh, and then the Cubs fell apart in Game 6 the rest of the way. Lost Game 7, and you all know the rest of the story. And Not until 2016 did they win the World Series, and now here we are again, Marlins and Cubs, and here we are again, Cubs are down one game to nothing. This is... I know you talked a little bit about it. You're not entirely surprised, but man, five one though is gets me. Yeah, I mean the off the offense for the Cubs has kind of cooled down in the later half of the season, and and it's it's a in a in a best of three series, definitely a big deal to lose the first one, especially when it was Kyle Hendricks pitching who gave up the uh, three run homer before that two run homer because he generally his historically has been especially in postseason, almost unbeatable at home with the way that he pitches. But I, I watched the game. They were they just looked out of sync. They, uh, I think the team's feeling the pressure. There's a lot of comments from some of the star players uh, about how a lot of people have, have given them maybe not so much uh, failure but definitely disappointment after they won that World Series and not have been able to capture the magic since. And, and, and there's also the looming of 
the future of this team because Bryant hasn't signed an extension, Baez hasn't signed an extension, Anthony's Rizzo's contract's coming up, Lester's contract's running out, and so I think that's been looming over the um, heads of the team as well, that this could be kind of their last hurrah on top of the fact that you know they let go of uh, Joe Madden because he didn't produce enough, and so they know that the pressure's on there because they the team's play got him let go. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And again, we <laughs> now we here are again one nothing. And it's just it's um, if the Marlins look, the Marlins were on the bottom half of the category in pitching and in hitting going into the playoffs. I'm not just talking about the NL. I'm talking about the whole entire playoff itself in both NL and AL. They were near or at the bottom in almost every major stat category for both pitching and hitting. And here they are. Winners 5-1 in Game 1. Game 2 is tomorrow afternoon as well. Uh, 9310 did text in. I, I missed your text. I apologize. Uh, have we heard anything from the university as far as fan attendance of football and basketball games? Uh, we have not officially heard anything yet. We have heard from a Mountain West Conference officials that they are allowed to have fans. It will be based on local and government, uh, or excuse me, local and state health departments and, of course, government officials. No official announcements came from Utah State. I would imagine... And this is just me. This is not me hearing anything. It's pure speculation uh, that you would hear an official announcement on the attendance uh, coming up shortly after the schedule, when it, whenever it's released. I, I would imagine is when you're going to hear about it. Um, especially, it'll be kind of interesting, like with football, uh, how many fans they allow. I know I think it seats around 19-something thousand. Uh, and so how many fans do you allow from that? And then, of course, basketball is, I believe, 10.5, give or take. Uh, and you'll know that'll be a very hot ticket uh, with Craig Smith and his back-to-back Mountain West Conference Tournament Championship squad and the schedule they got uh, coming, especially if they're allowed non-conference games at home or even some great conference games, Boise State, San Diego State, New Mexico included. So uh, a lot of questions still to be answered there, especially on the fan base side. But again, no to 9310. We have not heard an official announcement uh, as of yet. Uh, AJ, how do you handle the fan as well do you I mean do you allow uh, half the fans and especially students how do you handle the student section this is going to be kind of a uh, a big bite to take out you know I I think that it's shown that it, in the other sports that it has worked obviously you're not going to go full capacity but I think I think you got to let some in and honestly I, you know I I lean more towards the students nothing against you know uh, non-students I know there's obviously plenty of diehard fans but I feel like you know, you reward the students because they're they're the ones that bring the energy. Ajay, you you work with the the teams. You know, you've seen it. You know, I I've been to plenty of different uh, college basketball uh, stadiums for basketball and football. I've attended my fair share of different teams, and that's I would I would try to give them a fair amount of the attendance. And I I don't know what you do. I think the most I've seen is somewhere in the low twenty percent capacity. Um, I think there'll definitely be some, but I would try and treat the students. And at one point, I wanted to make sure you're talking about this attendance before, so I'm glad somebody texted us. You asked me at the beginning of the show, is home field advantage, uh, is it missing in the pro sports? The what the place I think you're really going to feel it is college sports, especially basketball, because one of the games I'm really glad I got to see a couple of years ago. I saw BYU come up to Utah State, and there's just rivalries are different in college sports, and that's where I think you'll really miss the home field, the home court advantage, because the energy is just electric, especially in a place like uh, uh, the stadium for USU, where it feels like just the fans are right on top of the game with the way that the court is in and the seats are sunk down. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. 
Huh. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's where I really think home field advantage will really be missed. And I think statistically, especially in collegiate basketball, uh, I know home home teams generally have a really absurd winning record uh, in in their play. And I think that's somewhere you'll really miss it because I think it, I think in basketball, I think basketball is the sport that team that teams feed off the energy the most. I mean, there's the you know they, they've talked about it with looking at the NBA, and I know we're going to talk about Heat and Lakers here in a little bit. You know, I know you and Eric, and you and I, and me and Eric have all well documented the difference in the bubble is the effect it has on the role players. You know, it's statistically, historically proven role players play well at home, don't play well on the road, and so I, I think home home court advantage I think has its biggest boost in basketball. Yeah, I, and especially within the spectrum for how loud that place gets. It's Aggie Maniacs going yeah. wild. Uh, we've heard coaches, opposing coaches, come in and say, look, that's easily the toughest place to play. I think in New Mexico, the pit is very tough to play. And I'll be honest, the Marriott Center, when it's sold out, is can get extremely loud. That can be a very, very, uh, I'm not going to use the word volatile. I'm not even going to use the word hostile. Um, though I've heard rumors about uh, some of the things that fans say, though uh, the spectrum is definitely not innocent in their regard. <laughs> but uh, it's it's it, there is a home court advantage, and I think even with I mean, so ten and a half, even with three to four thousand fans, I think it would still make a big difference, and it'd be helpful uh, for yeah, the team. I agree. Well. I mean, I I've been to football games where you know they seat you know four times, five times as many fans, and I feel like nothing compares to some of the big rivalries in college basketball. You're sitting. 20 to 25%, I think, less fans, and I still think those are the loudest games I've been to. So, yeah, I think that's where you're going to feel it the most. But I, I do think uh, there will be some fans in attendance. I would lean more towards students, and I think that even a few thousand will be able to bring some energy that will affect home games. Hey, speaking of fans, how about this announcement coming out just uh, about an hour ago that Major League Baseball will allow a limited number of fans to attend the National League Championship Series and World Series next month in Arlington, Texas. Tickets will be going on sale this following Tuesday. Uh, the statement said that the 11,500 tickets will be available for each game. 10,550 fans will be spread through regular seating, while 950 fans will be in suites. The uh, NLCS opener will be on October 12th. It will mark the first time fans will be allowed to attend to a major league game this season, but due to restrictions mandated by the coronavirus pandemic, it will not have any full stands in any of the games for the NLCS or the World Series. But this is a big step, man. I mean, still 11,000 or I guess 10,550 fans for an NLCS game is a, is a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for baseball because obviously revenue is going to be a big thing for uh, the uh, CBAs next season. And, and I, th you know, they talk about being outdoors. I think if people can sit, it's not nearly 11,000, but if people can sit in restaurants just – six feet from each other. You talk about outdoors having a good effect on uh, the, the coronavirus. I, I think it's definitely doable, and I think it's the right call. So, again, yeah, NLCS will allow fans to attend their games. That's Again, that's really good news for baseball. Uh, Miami again, 5-1 winners over uh, Chicago. Uh, earlier today, Houston sweeps Minnesota. Minnesota extends its wonderful losing streak in the postseason to 18 consecutive baseball games. Let me repeat that. 18 straight baseball playoff games they have lost. The last time they won a baseball game in the playoffs, Napoleon Dynamite was coming out in theaters. 
Tampa Bay over Toronto oh, in a route. Tampa Bay moves on to the next round. They get the winner of the Yankees in Cleveland, which I think for baseball ratings itself, they're hoping it'd be the Yankees. 8-2 is your final. Toronto's out. Tampa Bay moves on. Oakland has tied their series at one apiece with Game 3 being on Friday. 5-3 uh, is your final that uh, over the White Sox. And Atlanta in the longest scorers, excuse me, the longest scoreless uh, postseason duel in MLB history belongs to Atlanta. 1-0 is your final score in 13 innings. Cincinnati had all sorts of chances to score runners from the seventh inning on and just never took care of the job. St. Louis leads the Padres 6-3. That's in the top of the six right now on ESPN2. And a delayed game. There was warning of high winds in Cleveland, up to 40 miles per hour. That was supposed to extend to 50 miles per hour by what they targeted was the seventh inning. That game has now been delayed. Uh, Hasn't even been played yet. Scoreless in the top of the first. And again, Miami over the Cubs, 5-1. They lead that series. One game to nil. So, crazy day of baseball games on a loaded baseball day, AJ. You know, that's been the nice thing about the pandemic. It was really that really rough stretch to go from mid-March to to the part of the summer. But, man, I mean, how can you argue with the, you know, you got seven games on today, basketball at the beginning of theirs, even when they are just playing the seeding games, you had games on all the time. Same with hockey. I mean, if you're a sports fan, I mean, oh, it's been great. Last week you had, I mean, what, you had the NFL, college football, baseball, basketball, and the Stanley Cup all happen at the same time. Oh, man. Yeah, that is, that is heaven, isn't it? That's a good point you bring up. That's been great. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to a break. Coming back, let's get to what went wrong segment. This is our first time we've ever done this. What went wrong? What went wrong for a game, a team, a player, a moment? It could be the Twins. It could be the A's having a baseball team. It could be, I mean, it could be all sorts of things. What went wrong for you? We'll pick our uh, uh, pieces of what went wrong. Love to have you text in at 435-339-0321 to hear from you. What is your what went wrong moment of the week? It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. AJ Knight, I'm AJ Salveson. 106 and the fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. The Full Court Press, AJ Knight, I'm AJ Salveson, Eric Franson gone. Not dead, alive, but not forgotten. He'll be back, I don't know when, so just stay tuned and pray. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like, I have no idea he'll, when he's coming can, back. He'll be back at some point, but we just don't know when that is. We just is. don't know when. We we have no idea when. Uh, <laughs> dude, again, I just can't. I like. I keep seeing this Carlos Correa quote. I know a lot of people are mad. I know a lot of people don't want us to see us here. But what are they going to say now? I'm really getting sick of these guys. I'm I'm with you. I mean, just at this point, just shut up. Just shut up yeah. because it. it, it I get the us against the world mentality, but that's normally reserved for, you know, teams that are physical. And I get that that play, you know, like the bad boy Pistons on the track. But you cheated. It has been proven that you cheated. The struggles this year, I think, validate that you cheated. And then they're acting like people hate them for no valid reason. They they dishonored the sport. They dishonored their craft. I really wish they were playing the Yankees in the AL in the next round. That would be so poetic in so many ways. 
Instead, yeah, it's it it's, it's giving me like the White Sox or the A's. Ugh, it's too bad. Yeah, it's going to bug me for a while. Uh, all right, AJ, let's get to our What Went Wrong segment of the week where we pick something that went wrong in a game, in a moment, a play, a player. Uh, AJ, what is your went wrong piece for this week? So I'm I'm warping this a little bit, but I think it's worth noting. My what went wrong is Doc Rivers. Oh. What went wrong, Doc? You had two really good players. You had an absolutely loaded team. You were the darlings and favorite of the NBA for the entire season, and you can't get past the Denver Nuggets even with a three-run lead, and now you got fired. What went wrong? Now, I wanted to do this because Doc Rivers is respected, and I'm sure he's a respectable coach and, and person, but Doc Rivers is vastly overrated as a coach. Here's Since we did stats that blew your mind, here's a couple for you. Do you know who has the most – Coaching blown leads when his team has been up either three one or three two. Doc Rivers, no way. Think of Doc Rivers. He coached seven seasons for the Clippers, and think of those teams. He had he had Lob City, right? He had those for a number of seasons. Chris Paul, Hall of Famer, Blake Griffin in his prime. DeAndre Jordan was pretty good. They had a pretty good team, right? He had them, and he had you know obviously just one season, but he had uh, uh, Kawhi and Paul George this year. A loaded team. They were a gritty team last year. In seven seasons with the Clippers and with all that talent, Frank Vogel has more playoff series wins in this season with the Lakers than Doc Rivers has in his seven seasons with the Clippers. Oh, man. Oh, fetch. <laughs> what went wrong, Doc? <laughs> hey, so what, in your opinion, what went wrong, AJ? I just – I think he's he's – Overrated. He won one year with Boston. I think there's something to be said about Kendrick Perkins uh, tearing his ACL the year that they lost to the Lakers. So he he could have maybe won two, but I mean it's statistically proven in his stops with Orlando, in Boston, and now with the Clippers. He's not a good coach. I think when your team regularly chokes away leads in series three two three one. Yeah, I think this year a lot of the blame was on the players. Paul George coming out and saying, well, it wasn't championship or bust to us as a joke because, I mean, he was atrocious. He continues to – he's not a clutch player, and that's it's, – it's ridiculous. But when the coach has a history of blowing those leads, he's not a good coach. He's, he's a good coach, but he's not a great coach. He's not a, an exceptional coach. He's an okay coach. Yeah, and, and the question now is because they all kind of – Wondered where Doc would go after that. You kind of knew he'd get a job, but you just didn't know where. Uh, strong reports were saying that Philadelphia 76ers will be in his next stop. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and that crew over there in Philly. That that could be an interesting I mean, fit. it fits his coaching career. He's going to have a really talented team. Maybe they'll improve a little bit, and then he'll not win anything. <laughs> uh, for my What Went Wrong segment, if you're the Atlanta Falcons... Dude, like, how many leads can you choke (laughs) in three years? I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. Like, you always thought things were bad, and they somehow make it worse. With another epic fourth quarter collapse, and really for Dan Quinn, I don't think he makes it through the season. Uh, They surrendered a 16-point lead in the final six and a half minutes to the Chicago Bears. Your Chicago Bears, AJ, who got three touchdowns from Mr. Comeback Kid himself, Nick Foles. And the Bears win thirty to twenty six. In fact, Atlanta. You're not gonna get. 
Uh, Atlanta became the first team in NFL history to lose back-to-back games in which it led by 15 or more points in the final period. What the fetch, AJ? You're not going to get an argument from me. Uh, let me pull up some stats for you on the Bears. I actually just Please. wrote about them. Here's my question since you brought it up. Why is it why does why does Dan Quinn still have a job now? See, that's the and see, I think there's a lot of scrutiny of why he had a job. And after this latest collapse, debacle, choke job, whatever you want to call it, which it was, uh, uh he's he, all he could do is went the podium on Sunday was, you know, we're going to turn things around. We're going to be we're going to be okay. Uh, sir. Nope. That's uh that's not the answer no, people no. want to hear. I don't. I don't know if how your Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, how Dan Quinn has a job after that historic statistic. Uh, I am a Bears fan, as Ajay alluded to. I don't think they should have won. Frankly, I think they're the most undeserving three and O team in history. <laughs> but here, he, I wrote about the Bears the other day. Uh, I, I just actually posted it this morning. I can share it on. Oh, the it's a, a great article. Too. I read this. Here's a stat for you: Chicago in the first half of the Giants game. And the fourth quarter against Detroit and Atlanta has outscored those teams fifty-eight to zero. They've played four good quarters and they've outscored those teams fifty-eight to zero. That is absolutely insane because they were de- they gave up thirteen unanswered to the Giants in the second half. They were down twenty-three to six to the Lions in the first half, and they were down twenty-six to ten or twenty-three to six going to the fourth against the Lions and twenty-six to ten going into the fourth quarter against Atlanta, which means they were outscored uh, 49-13, so 62. They were outscored 62-16 to 16 in those four quarters. Oh, my gosh. That's atrocious. So, I, yeah, I'll share the article on the Facebook page, 106.9 The Fan. Uh, and the question was just, are the Bears good? Because they've been outscored 69-16 to 16 in in half of their quarters, and they've outscored their opponents 58-0 to zero in half of their quarters, and they're 3-0, and oh, but they're 3-0 and oh against teams that are combined 1-8. and eight. But I, uh, yeah, I'm divulging to the Bears here. I'm with you. The, I don't know how Dan Quinn has a job. I thought he wasn't going to make it in this season, and I don't know. I know it's only three games in, but I think Dan Quinn should be, should be fired. It looks like Adam Gase is going to be the first coach to get fired, though. I think honorable mention with the Jets. I mean, how that guy still has a job is beyond me. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, has he seen his last game as a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, he's done. If you uh, if you read some of the comments, uh, Matt Nagy was quoted, I think, going after – I want to say it was after the Giants game. He made some comments about how there's a lot more stuff, basically, they'd like to do with the offense. It was alluded to that the – Trubisky, the way they had to run the offense for him is not the way Nagy wants to run the offense. And you obviously saw it uh, when Foles came in. And um, I I only got to watch the end of that game because of the NFL's stupid blackout rules. But uh, he – the the offense just runs differently with Foles. That's why they got him. Was it a bad trade? Yes, you shouldn't give a fourth-round pickup for a quarterback that Jacksonville was just trying to give away. But the argument for it is they got the guy who knows the system – and this is Nick Foles' role. I don't know if he can be a mercenary for three-fourths of a season. It seems like if you can put him in for the last fourth in the playoffs, he's got it covered. But this, to me, it was inevitable. I, I think this was the perfect year to have a quarterback competition that Trubisky won because there was so little media and fan attendance at the camps. Who knows if, if Trubisky actually won it. Maybe they felt pressure because they spent the second overall pick on Trubisky to see if they could make this thing work. But he's done. Yeah, I'd imagine too. And it, man, 
you just gave some incredible info on the Chicago Bears. That was well done. By the way, really quickly, before we let move on to our next topic, how can people find your articles? They're so good, so well-detailed, so well-researched. Where can people find these articles? Uh, normally for the sports ones, I will share them on the fans' Facebook page. But if you go to uh, utahsvfx.com, there's a uh, section under, I think it's the AJ and McCall section, and there's a section that's called uh, AJ's blog, and all my sports articles and then some other stuff I write always ends up there, and so they'll all end up there. But usually sports ones, if you check out 106.9, the fans' Facebook page, I, I definitely share them there for everybody. Again, AJ Knight does incredible work. You love his research. Uh, if you enjoy him on the radio, you definitely enjoy his articles. Uh, without a doubt. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. And then coming back, it's time to get into our NBA Finals preview. Lakers, Heat. Oh, yes. We're going to hear from AJ. We're going to hear his thoughts, his preview, his predictions, where they stand, and his prediction for an MVP as well. Uh, I can't wait to hear what AJ's got to say about this. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. And Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's the Full Court Press. I'm AJ Salves and AJ Knight joining me today. Eric is gone. So it's uh, AJ and I. We're uh, happy to hear, we're happy to be here to give you a show. Always. Always. And forever. Hey, how, when am I going to get invited back to VFX? Or have I been fired from that? Am I, I've probably been canned, haven't I? I don't even know it. No, that's, that's the depressing. Just, uh, we're, uh, it's, you know, we usually, ro- you're our, uh, you're our six man off the bench. <laughs> so in the starting lineups there, you know, we, we give you a breather and you're, you're our mercenary comes in off the bench and we need a sub. <laughs> and so if you were this guy, compare me to a six man. In the NBA, I'd be. Uh, who, who are you thinking here? I would like to say I'm going to go with the uh, man. I was going to say Lamar Odom, but the fact that how his life oh. is, it is probably not a compliment. So I'll, I'll go with well, just because he was such a good player. Oh, so he was go great, with, uh, man. That's a good though. But I get you. I'm going to go with I'm going to I'm going to go with Lou Williams. Because and I know oh. I just got done trashing the Clippers, but Lou Williams because he's historically probably the greatest six player ever. Everyone knows he's a starter, but you just you thrive in that role. You definitely could be a starter, but as a six man, you're you're just undefeated. <laughs> as a six man, and I like my uh, lemon pepper wings. I mean, who doesn't? I love wings. There's never a bad time for wings. Yeah, you are a wing guy, aren't you? Actually, thinking about oh, it, oh, I love them. Yeah, that's love them. Uh, all right, uh, AJ, it's our time to get into the NBA Finals preview. Game one tonight, five, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Lakers are a four-and-a-half favorite. Uh, let's start with this, uh, AJ. What have you seen from the Lakers so far? Give me your thoughts on the Heat and this matchup as a whole. So from the Lakers, obviously the big thing, I think, was was Anthony Davis. You know, he, he's been considered a superstar. I know he's a PER darling. Uh, but, you know, you would think that a player of his capability in the NBA, especially with eight teams getting in, could carry the Pelicans even as bad as they were into the postseason. He hasn't. And I think what you've seen is he has taken that step forward into getting that uh, that mental that mental strength and that dog attitude to be his, reach his full potential. I mean, I know you've been following closely. How about that three-pointer he hit to knock off the Nuggets in, uh, what was that, game Was it four? 
Yeah, game four, yep. I mean that that was that was a clutch shot. It was a busted play. And that I mean that's a shot that I think builds confidence. So I think for the Lakers it's just that they have probably two of the three, two of the four best players in the NBA, and they're playing like it. And then uh, you know a little little caveat. Let's uh, throw to playoff Rondo, someone who just he he's been able to find it in the postseason. Um, honestly, I know a lot of talks gonna be about LeBron's legacy, and this is not his biggest story. I think Le- uh, Rondo's playing a little bit for his legacy. I think if he can be uh, obviously the starting point guard on this team or contributing point guard on this team, it could help him make his Hall of Fame case because I'm not sure that he's in at the moment. Wait, and and who and who's that again? I'm so sorry. For Rondo. Oh, wait, you don't think Rondo's a Hall of Fame guy yet? I think he's on the fence. I guess he's great in the, the playoffs, but not in the regular season, huh? Yeah, I think the Mavericks tenure doesn't help him either. You okay. saw what he did for T.O., who statistically is one of the greatest wide receivers ever. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Oh, man, you so you're putting him in the T.O. category. Not, not quite. Ooh. I just think that, that that dings him a little bit. I mean, you know, it, I think it, it, it hurts that he... They didn't. They had success after the big three got old, but I mean the one championship. You know, it, I I think I could have been on the, the the Celtics that had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen and won a championship. Oh, jeez, easy. <laughs> for, the, for the Heat, for the <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's a loaded. <laughs> team. I know the Lakers were good, but they're a loaded team. Uh, for <laughs> again, Doc Rivers not a good coach. For the Heat. I know a lot of people want to make comparisons to uh, the Pistons win over the Lakers. Uh, I think it was 2004, but it's not the same because the Lakers were falling apart. Shaq and Kobe were sick of each other, and it's just not the same thing. But it is definitely, I think, a team versus superstars. And uh, personally, you know, as a Bulls fan, love me some Jimmy Butler. And I, it's it's hard not to cheer for them because, you know, you, they get that caveat that's right. They play the right way. They are an unselfish team that just wants to win, and they're gritty, and they, they play above their heads. Okay, so let me ask you about Jimmy Butler, as you are a Chicago Bulls guy. Jimmy Butler doesn't work out in Philadelphia. What happened in Chicago and Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia where it just didn't maybe pan out, but then he goes to the Heat, and he's this – you know, bona fide superstar, and things are roses and balloons and meadows. I think part of it is the culture in all three of his stops before Chicago, Minnesota, and Philly. Just they don't fit with him. He's one of those guys that he's definitely going to grind on you. But if you are if you're with him in the foxhole and you're working your butt off, he's going to respect you. And I think that was his big problem in Minnesota. And that was his big problem in Philly. I mean, Philly especially had all the talent, and it's been well. I mean, what what do uh, Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid had to show for it? I mean, they the argument now is that they're immensely talented, but extremely disappointing. And I think for the Bulls, their front office is, was atrocious, and I think he just got sick of being part of a team that just had no idea what it was doing. Again, for the Heat, they have not been to the NBA Finals since 2014 when they lost to the Spurs. Part of a four straight title uh, appearance that they had, where they lost to the Mavericks in six, or excuse me, in yeah, in six, and then lost, or was it in five games? They lost to the uh, Mavericks, and then uh, beat the Thunder in five, beat the Spurs in seven, and then lost to the Spurs in uh, five, I think, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, all with LeBron James. LeBron James then leaves college, as he would call it, 
went back home to Cleveland, won a championship there, upset Pat Riley, upset the Heat, and now here he is with the LA Lakers playing the Miami Heat. I mean, there's just so many storylines to this. Uh, I got to ask you, when he, LeBron James, going to the Miami Heat, they all said it was all Pat Riley doing the work. They all said it was all about Pat Riley. Now, what Pat Riley's done is taken an undrafted kid, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero in the draft. Uh, they got Jimmy Butler there. Bam Bam's been incredible. How much work and how much credit do you give to Pat Riley and how much do you give to Eric Spolstra? Uh, you know, initially, I think you give a lot of credit to Pat Riley early on in the success that the Heat had. But Spolstra has, was his hand-picked heir, and, and it's hard to argue, I think, with the success Spolstra has. What was it? I think like three seasons ago, the Heat were clearly not a good team, mm-hmm. and they I think they actually set themselves back because they were hoping to get in the lottery, and then they ended up making the playoffs, and I think it was just due to the similar kind of grit-and-grind culture that they have and the just professionalism of it. I actually uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but there's a book that was written about LeBron James's basically it kind of quickly sums up him leaving Cleveland to go to the Heat and then him coming and then coming back and it's a story about that the two seasons that he was in Cleveland before they won the championship and it's really good uh and uh, uh Riley is the one that put that all together because it was Riley there's a I don't know if you've heard the story, but when Riley met LeBron James before he signed with the Heat, all what he did is he took all his championship rings from being a player and a coach, and he set them down on the table, and he said, I know how to do this. If you want these, this is where you need to come. And that was kind of the basically the crux of his argument, and it worked. Uh, I think LeBron James's big impact as a superstar has been he is motivated and given players the power to move, and so what he saw was what eventually happened. Dwayne Wade was breaking down. Cleveland had plenty of assets after tanking and Kyrie Irving, and he said this is the best chance to win, plus he was aware of his legacy. Uh, It's been documented that his group discussed that a lot, and that was one of the big reasons he went back to Cleveland, because if he could pull off a championship there, it was going to be a huge mark for his legacy. And on the Lakers' side, the Lakers are in the finals for the first time since 2010 when Kobe led them to the second of a back-to-back NBA championship, beating the Boston Celtics in seven. LeBron James. We've all talked about the illustrious career of LeBron James. Still, he is 3-6 and in the NBA Finals. If he wins this, is he the GOAT of all time? If he loses, how much does it dent that illustrious, uh, shiny career that he's had? I have a tough time with this. I'm I'm partial to to Jordan. Uh, I know it's a tough discussion. LeBron James. I think the argument I've seen, I think that I can live with, is that uh, Michael Jordan is the greatest competitor of all time. LeBron James is the greatest all around player of all time. For his legacy, I mean, it's it's hard to to knock the arguments anymore. Even as a Jordan, even me picking Jordan as the goat, it's hard because he's been to ten finals, which is rarefied air. He's probably going to finish as the uh, point leader in history. He's going to be in the top ten for assists. Uh, this will be his third championship with three teams. I mean, he has just so many accolades, it's hard to argue with what he's done. Uh, that being said, I think it if he loses, I don't think you can have the argument anymore uh, that he's the greatest player of all time because the pressure is definitely all on them. The Heat aren't supposed to be here. The Lakers are more talented than the Heat and all that. And... Like I know LeBron's win-loss record in the finals gets thrown around a lot, but I think you we can both agree uh, there's two you can toss out pretty immediately. When he was a kid and he took him against the Spurs, 
I mean, they shouldn't have been there. That was just purely a Herculean effort on him, which is, you know, that loss is just, there's nothing he could do. And then the year that the last year against the the Golden State team, where they didn't have Kyrie, I mean, they just they weren't going to win. I mean, you could probably put both of those up there because it was just unfair to have the team that was Golden State and then add Kevin Durant. Uh, and so I think his win loss record is held against him a little bit, but there's definitely some asterisks I think you can throw in there. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I will admit bias in this one that I don't know that I can ever be convinced Jordan is not the best, but this one is a big one for his legacy because it would be his fourth championship, which puts him pretty close to some of the all-time greats in the top ten, like the Magics, the Jordans, the the, the Duncans, the Kobe's, uh, and then doing it with three teams is such a such a huge achievement as well. But uh, you know, his big I think contribution to the NBA is empowering players to move, and I think that. You know, it, it makes sense because we criticize players on winning championships. That's what the thing is with Kevin Durant. That's what he. That's what his big thing is. You criticize him for going to the Warriors, and I think it was a weak move. But ultimately, he'll be remembered for getting two championships, two MVPs. With LeBron, you want to put yourself in the best position to win, but the argument would also be, well, it, you kind of mercenaried your way a little bit in terms of those. What would you have done if you'd stayed with one team? Could you have still put together four championships? Ooh, that's a good point. I like that. Uh, and and the other thing to it for me is, look, I because I'm an all Jordan guy. Um, I, Jordan doing it twice, taking a year off and then coming back and getting another three peat is like unsurmountable. Is incredible in itself. But a guy who's been to the finals, not not I guess this is his tenth time, and nine out of the last ten or excuse me out of the last ten years, he's been in the finals what nine times. So you think about it, since 2011, only once out of those seasons, since 2011, has he not been in the finals. Think about that, man. We're in 2020, and only once has LeBron James not been in it. That is amazing to me. I think I, I think this is right. I, I apologize if it's wrong, but I think so. You had that stat earlier blew your mind about uh, was it since 1984? Someone has been in the finals. It's been a teammate with Shaq. I think what is it? So last year when he didn't make the finals, I think correct me if I'm wrong. Was the first time since '99 that the finals didn't include LeBron, Kobe, or Duncan? Oh jeez. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah. No. That's yeah. I would. Uh, that would be right if I'm not mistaken. Since when you said 1999, right? I think it's '99 when the Spurs won their first one. Yeah. So Duncan, Kobe, LeBron. Yeah, that would be it. Uh, a piranhas t- uh, tweets in. He says, "Aj, come on, man, don't go here again. MJ is the goat. Yippee! LeBron gets to the finals, but cannot win it unless his team is totally stacked." And piranhas brings up a great point. Eric brought this up as well. Uh, that on LeBron's teams, he's had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. That's, yeah. I mean, when he's won the NBA Finals, that's who he's had on his team. Or I guess Anthony Davis will be this yeah, year if a, they win it. There was a discussion this morning on one of the Fox uh, News TV shows, Fox Sports TV shows, and the argument uh, being made for LeBron is the amount of Hall of Famers he's gone against compared to Jordan. But I think the the part that wasn't wasn't mentioned, and then the person who was arguing that Jordan was the best didn't make this, and it was my point. I immediately thought of, and I agree with Eric. Uh, LeBron has also played with more Hall of Famers than Jordan has because he had Pippen, obviously, and Rodman, so he had two. 
and and LeBron has played with all the ones you mentioned. I think Anthony Davis is. Kevin Love, I think, has a chance to be a Hall of Famer. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, we, we started this off talking about Rondo. Rondo may end up being a Hall of Famer, and there's another one that's added to the list. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we're up. Is probably a Hall of Famer. So is, uh, so is Dwight Howard. So is uh, Alex Caruso, by the way. Yeah, Dwight Howard is. <laughs> full Court Press, more of it coming up. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press, Agent Night, Aj Salveson here on 1069 The Fan. All right, so Lakers, Heat tonight, game one, uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Aj, let's hear your preview, let's hear your prediction. So for the Heat, I think what this comes down to is guard play and three-point shooting. I think for the season, they were one of the better three-point shooting teams. They didn't haven't shot it as well in the bubble. Uh, and that's, I think, obviously, if you look at the rosters, that's an advantage. And, you know, playoff Rondo has been playoff Rondo. I know AJ loves him some, some Alex Caruso. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Danny Green is a solid guard. But, I mean, when it, I think one of the detriments to the Heat, especially I think you saw against the Celtics, is as good as Dragic, uh, Hero, and Duncan Robinson have been, one of their issues, and Kendrick Nunn as well, uh, is 30 defense. seconds here. very good defensive is defensively, and so I think that's where they find an advantage with the lack of Lakers stuff. Uh, Miami has a ton of wings to throw at LeBron, but I don't know that they have an answer for Davis. So Miami's playing with house money. They're not favored. They haven't been favored since the Pacers series. Uh, they got to shoot the ball well and force turnovers. That being said, I really do think the Lakers win. I want to see the Heat win. I'm cheering for them, but I think it's Lakers in six. All right, I've got Heat in six, and we'll find out. It starts tonight.